Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of our Think on Your Feet episodes. And I say our episodes because Peter's involved. We're playing through the Dream Eaters and we're playing it. Each side is being run by one of us, so it's slightly different. I'm also recording this right off the back of Farkham Con. So I'm not super weary, but really just still riding a high from how awesome that convention was. Uh, congratulations again to the organisers, those dastardly boys, the Mythos Busters. Just a great job. Really cool. Amazing to provide something like that for the community and to see how excited the community got as a result. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking. Let's dive right in. This is scenario 2A, The Search for Kadath. Agenda 1A, journey across the Dreamlands. Despite the advice of the Dreamlands inhabitants, you and your companions seek unknown Kadath, where the gods dwell. Seven Doom, if you're at a port location, resign. Venturing into the unknown has become too dangerous, so you return to safety with the information you've gathered. Okay, importantly, you have to be at a port to resign. Act 1A, Kingdom of the Sky. Over fertile plains rolling down the sky, he saw the smoke of cottage chimneys, and on every hand were the hedges and ploughed fields and thatched roofs of peaceful land. Thatched roof cottages! The dream quest of unknown Kadath. We need two clues to advance, and there's an objective at the end of the round investigators at the port location may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. So again, port, and it has to be at the end of the round. Skulls, we have three of them. They're minus X. X is the number of signs of the gods the investigators have uncovered. Cultist is reveal another token. If this token is revealed during an investigation and this skin test fails, increase that location's shroud by one for the remainder of the round. And tablets, we've got two of those, a minus two. If you fail, either take one damage and one horror or place one doom on the current agenda. So being two up is super important because otherwise we're taking damage and horror, which is not something Mark Carrigan wants to do, or we're placing doom, which feels awful in a tight scenario like this one. There's something else worth noting as well, which is that because we allowed the cats to collect their tribute from the Zooks, that means that when we went to the temple and saw Atal, a frail, wiry man with long, wispy black beard, caved in cheeks, and pale, milky white eyes of one afflicted by blindness, that meant that we gained one evidence of Kadath. But that was all we got from the intro, so we missed out on things like experience and things like that. So we've got one evidence of Kadath, but this scenario doesn't care about evidence of Kadath, it cares about signs of the gods. Setup, I've already done it. I've gone for, radically, versatile, astounding revelation. So this was suggested by Navar, who's a friend of the show and also a real-life friend. Hi, Navar. Great suggestion that we, Peter and I, actually didn't talk about behind the scenes until it was suggested. So the thinking here is you take stick to the plan, you take versatile for 2 XP, add five cards to your deck, one of which is astounding revelation. And in setup, when you search your deck for three different tactic and or supply cards for stick to the plan, that means you also see Astounding Revelation and get two resources. I said on Discord I thought it was maybe slightly, I use the word cheesy, and 
yeah, I wasn't sure what I really thought about it. And I've spent a bit of time talking to people and trying to interrogate my thinking about it and find out what other people think. And eventually I was swayed by two particular things. One was I have long been an adherent to the idea of if you're not sure about something, in this game I mean, try it. Not in general life, but in this game. If you think, mm, is that card any good? Try it. I hate, hate's quite a strong word. I'm so anti that position of, oh, this card is garbage. Oh, that card is garbage. No, I haven't played with it yet. I just know it's garbage. Yes, we can make judgments about the quality of cards and we can compare one card to another card and say one card is better. Obviously we can. I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but the the knee jerk, this is rubbish, I really don't like. So I was just wanting to check out my own view about that. If I'm thinking, oh, stick to the plan with the standing revelation in the Guardian, I'm not sure about that. Let's try it. Let's find out if it's too good, too bad, whatever it is. The second reason, which is the more pertinent reason, is our basic weakness is indebted. And it feels like we're using Versatile to solve a specific problem indebted in exactly the same way that we used Versatile to solve a specific problem for Norman, which was two physical trauma, and we took emergency aid. So I think this is also a good thing to try out. We've done that. It means we would start on three resources, but we hit Astounding Revelation, so we start on five. I've put on Stick to the Plan an Ever Vigilant, an Emergency Cache, and a Shortcut. My final four XP was the Ever Vigilant, and I've upgraded one of the Enchanted Blades. We also have Virgil Grey here in play. Reaction after one or more Signs of the Gods are uncovered, either draw a card, gain a resource, or heal one horror from Virgil Grey, and he can go. he can take one damage and three horror. Opening Hand. Hallowed Mirror, Take the Initiative, Second Wind, 45 Automatic, Alice Luxley. Man, keeping that mirror is great. Keeping Alice is great. Do we keep the automatic as a choice of weapon and potentially we go ever vigilant for automatic and hallowed mirror early on? I think we definitely chuck the Take the Initiative and the Second Wind and we fish for more assets. And it's just which assets we fish for. I'm almost tempted to chuck Nah, the automatic we need to keep because you can see that there's an enemy nearby. Let's chuck Alice and we'll fish for more cards. Alice isn't vital early on and we can build up to her. Act of Desperation, Vicious Blow, Enchanted Blade level 3. Nice. Okay, something of a result there. We begin in Ulthar, one shroud, one clue. It's veiled. Very pleasant were the suburbs of Ulthar, with their little green cottages and neatly fenced farms, and still pleasanter was the quaint town itself. Then, next to us is the Sky River. Maybe it's pronounced sky You'd think it would have a diuresis if it was split, but yeah. And that has a pack of Vuniths, and that's a 1-2-1 one, one that's swarming one, so I've just given it an extra card. And while the host pack has no attached swarm cards, it gets plus two fight and plus two evade, which is kind of beefy. So it powers up. And then across from that is Dilathleen, which is three shroud and a clue, veiled, action, spend a resource, search the top six cards of your deck for an item asset and draw it, shuffle your deck. Or potentially we search for a flashlight there if we want to. So we need these two clues in play and we need to get past the pack of Vuniths. So I think perhaps we ever vigilant to play the Hallowed Mirror and the Enchanted Blade. We maybe damage ourselves to get a clue here, but then we'd have a spare action. The other option is that we don't ever vigilant now. We just play the Hallowed Mirror, Hallowed Mirror and the Enchanted Blade and then investigate last action. We're not saving the two resources 
we'd sort of build up to ever vigilant again. That doesn't seem great though, does it? I think we do it. That's ever vigilant. First action. Ah, I've got a better plan. If we investigate first action and damage ourselves, would be a four on one, which is pretty good. The card we draw from damaging ourselves might be another card, another asset, which would be good. Let's try that. First action will damage ourselves and investigate. Minus two. The damage was worth it. We get a clue. And oh, the damage drew us an evidence. Okay, that's not going to help us too much. Second action, draw again. Third action, ever vigilant. Yeah, it's an unexpected courage. So that's one of the new cards we've put in the deck. And last action, will ever vigilant, pay two for an enchanted blade and one for a hallowed mirror. Shuffling two copies of Soothing Melody into our deck and drawing us another one. So the level three enchanted blade has three charges. It's fight, you get plus two combat for this attack. And if you succeed, you can spend a charge to empower the blade, dealing plus one damage. If the blade is empowered and this attack defeats an enemy, you draw a card and heal a horror. So even more card draw and horror healing for Mark, which Mark likes. Enemy phase, the pack of Vuneths do nothing. Upkeep, we draw our second Vicious Blow, and we go up to three resources. We get our first Doom, one of seven, and our first encounter card, Whispers of Hypnos. Peril, Revelation, choose a skill. For the remainder of the round, each investigator gets minus two to the chosen skill. You cannot choose a skill that has already been chosen by a copy of this effect this round. I mean, one option here is that we don't try and kill the Vuneths, and we move, evade the Vuneths, and try and leave the Sky River, which would be another agility test. We could chuck Unexpected Courage into one, and we could damage ourselves for the other. We could even use the shortcut if we needed to. So I'm going to say Willpower and leave it at that. So we've got minus two Willpower for the round. Now, Ulthar was Veiled, but I didn't flip it over last round, because I'm pretty sure it ends our turn, and I don't think there's anything good on the back of it. So I'm just going to leave Ulthar and not go exploring it, even though we've got the clue. First action, I move into the Sky River. The Pack of Vuneths engages us. Second action, let's try and evade the Pack of Vuneths. We're a three on one, so we'll put in this unexpected courage to be five on one, because the host Vuneth has an attached swarm card, so it's only one. Minus four, five on one was the right place to be. That's them evaded. If we were to shortcut now, we could potentially try and get the clue here as well this turn, which would mean we'd end now rather than spending an entire another turn in Dilathleen. I think it's worth it. So we'll tap stick the plan, play shortcut, and when we attempt to leave Sky River, if it's not been flipped over yet, test Willpower 2 or Agility 2. So we'll test Agility 2 with 3 on 2, We'll commit our 45 automatic to be four on two, and we'll take a damage, drawing us a card. It's on the hunt to be seven on two. Is that right? Three, four, six on two. Tablet, that is a minus two. So we're all right, we don't flip it, and we've made it to Dilathleen with an action in hand, no less. Now we are just a two on three investigating here. But if we were to commit evidence and on the hunt, that would take us to four, five on three. Let's do it. Zero. 
pass. Wow, that turn we shared five cards, but we also drew a bunch. We get the clue, and I'm going to trigger flipping Dilathleen. Endless secrets. In the port city of Dilathleen, you consult with the elders of the city. They believe that the truth of Kadath was hidden for a reason, and they call you a fool for searching for it. Even so, they tell you what little they know of the Forsaken Peak. Though you are far from finding Kadath, it is clear now that it cannot be in this region. We'll need to find a ship, Captain, Randolph muses. This journey will be much longer still. The Isle of Oriab lies to the south, and I have heard of a great mountain there. To the west lies the ancient land of Manar, where many secrets lie hidden. To the east is the timeless realm, ruled by the wise King Kurenes. North of there is a forbidden land where none dare tread. You have uncovered a sign of the gods. For the remainder of the scenario, resources on the scenario reference card represent signs of the gods the investigators have uncovered. Your quest is to uncover as many of these signs as you can in order to discern the location of Kadath. Flip this card back over. One sign, and that means Virgil gets excited. We can draw a card, gain a resource, or heal a horror from Virgil. I think we just draw a card and refill our hand a little bit. It's a perception. Enemy phase, nothing happens. Upkeep, we go to four resources and draw another emergency cash. So we've got one on stick to the plan and one in hand. And at the end of the round, we are at a port location, so we'll spend our two clues and advance. To the sea! You find a captain willing to grant you passage to the remote regions of the Dreamlands, wherein you may find signs from the gods to point you in the direction of Kadath. Search the encounter deck, discard pile, and all play areas for Cats of Ulthar, each pack of Vunits, and each card from the Zoog's encounter set, and remove them from the game. Shuffle each set-aside copy of Priest of a Thousand Masks into the encounter deck, along with the encounter discard pile. And now we need to choose where we explore. Oriab to the south, Mnar to the west, the Forbidden Lands to the north, or the Timeless Realm to the east. Now, it is quite tricky to know what the best route forwards is with this. Sometimes I've played where if I'm in a good position, I go straight to the Timeless Realm, because that's the biggest and hardest area, and just try and burn through that. But my thinking with this hand, Soothing Melody, Two Vicious Blows, An Act of Desperation, A Perception, and An Emergency Cash, is... I'm not in like a super cluey place. There's really one card there. I do want to heal the damage off me. I'd really like to get a flashlight. So I think I go either to Oriab or Manar first, and I try and do one of the smaller ones. And looking at it, Oriab, you start on a two shroud location, and Manar, you start on a five shroud location. Because I don't have any testless clue stuff, I think that's the way I proceed. So I've gone with the Isle of Oriab. To the south lies the small but thriving volcanic island of Oriab, dominated by the dormant volcano called Ungrenek. The Bay of Bahana, marked by twin lighthouses Thon and Thal, overlooks the southern sea. Objective? Find and uncover as many signs of the gods in this region as you can, and at the end of the round, if each investigator is at a, the same port location, you may move to another region by advancing the act. So again, it's at the end of the round. And if we hit 10 signs of the gods, you get to advance. So I think each island has two, apart from the three in the final island. Is that right? So I'm on one now. So two, two. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I've done upkeep because I drew the perception. So we hit two doom. And our encounter card is Song of the Maga Bird. 
revelation attached to your location, forced after you move out of attached location, take a horror, place a doom on the current agenda, and discard Song of the Maga Bird. This effect can cause the current agenda to advance. Action, test willpower to resist the call, combat to drive away the birds. That's combat four. If you succeed, discard Song of the Maga Bird. That is a horrific card. So I think our turn is trying to clear that, trying to get the clue at Bahana, but before that probably playing Soothing Melody and healing both damage off us, which also draws us a card. It's Shell Shock. We have no damage on us. Let me just check the order. Yeah, that's right. Heal first. So that's cool. That whiffs. Second action. Let's take a damage and draw a card. It is Randolph Carter, the expert dreamer, to try and pass this test. So that takes us to seven on four. Minus four, fail. Oh. Last action, do we go for the clue? Okay, so let's think about this. I can go for the clue without using damage, or I could take damage and try and pass the combat test again. If I take damage again, I'm not drawing more cards because I've already used that ability in this phase. But I could also just commit Randolph and Act of Desperation. That would actually take me too, too high over it. Why don't we investigate first, committing the perception? It might draw us something else we want to commit. So that's, we're two up on the clue here at Bahana. Minus two. We get the clue. It draws us a card. It's a flashlight. Amazing. Last action, do we just slap down the flashlight? We don't even need to flip Bahana yet if we don't want to. Veiled is just a free trigger to flip, isn't it? Yeah, at any time. So we'll just play the flashlight last action. Get it down. This means we can be set up to try and bust the Song of the Magabird next turn and move on straight away. Should have said in setup, at Mount Ugrinek there is a Knight Riders and it has Swarming 1. So there's two 225 enemies there. But while the host Knight Riders has no attached Swarm cards, they get minus three evade. And if you evade Knight Riders, discard it, which is quite nice. So I think heading in there and beating them up is pretty good. And the Nameless Ruins, which is the other location we can go to, is five Shroud and a Clue. And after you end your turn at Nameless Ruins, deal one direct damage to an ally asset you control, which would be killing Virgil. So I don't really like that. Go up to three resources. And we hit three Doom of seven. Our encounter card is Dreamland's Eclipse. Revelation, put it into play next to the agenda deck. When you initiate an investigation, you must either take one horror or your location gets plus two shroud for this investigation at the end of the round discard dreamland's eclipse hmm okay well maybe this turn then we try and clear magabird we move to the night riders and we try and kill a night rider with an enchanted blade charge or even a vicious blow and then we're going to take a horror from the other night rider which we can heal when we kill it with the enchanted blade and the Dreamland's Eclipse would have gone, which will mean that we can start investigating next turn. So, how do we get rid of the Song of the Magabird? First action, we commit to take the initiative to make us four up. Skull, that is minus one. The Magabird is gone. As a free trigger, let's flip Bahana. The city of Bahana is a thriving and bustling harbour where you can find all manner of trade goods, provisions and other wares. 
In the marketplace, you find supplies that may aid you in your expedition to lands farther south, as well as beasts of burden to carrying your belongings. It should not surprise you that the most common of these creatures are zebras, and yet you are stunned nonetheless. You could spend days perusing the bazaar and still find oddities to spark your imagination. Truly, this is a land of wonders. Each investigator at Bahana may return an item or supply card from their discard pile to their hand. Well, we have the 45 automatic, and that's it. I'll take it, because it's an agility icon I can commit. Remember that the investigators have obtained supplies from Bahatna. Flip this card back over. Second action, I'll move into Mount Ungrenek. It's three shroud and a clue and veiled. It has a forced effect. After you enter Mount Ungrenek or discover one or more clues at Mount Ungrenek, if the investigators have not obtained supplies from Bahana, you do a test. But we have, so we're okay. The Knight Riders engage us. Last action, let's stab a Knight Riders with the Enchanted Blade. We're seven on two, and I'll commit a vicious blow to make us eight on two. Cultist, reveal another token. Elder Sign, which is plus one. So the vicious blow makes that a two damage hit. We don't need to empower the blade as a result. So we get the swarm card back under our deck because of the one damage from the attack and the one from the vicious blow. I was doing that because I don't necessarily need any more cards at the moment, although I do like drawing lots and lots of cards and I haven't taken any horror. So using the enchanted blade ability would be a bit of a shame. Enemy phase, the Knight Riders hits us for a horror. I'll take it on me because I think I'm about to clear it. Upkeep, I draw the home front and we go up to four resources. At the end of the round, the Dreamlands Eclipse is discarded. We hit four of seven doom and our encounter card is Whispers of Hypnos. Well, I don't see any willpower tests coming up, so I'm going to say willpower. What's our way forwards here? It's probably stab the Night Riders, which would heal us a horror, use the flashlight to try and get a clue, it's a little bit annoying because then we'd want to move to the Nameless Ruins. But if we end our turn there, so maybe last action would be like playing Randolph or playing an emergency cache. And then the following turn, we're going to move to Nameless Ruins, investigate, move back to Bahana because that's the only port. That's where we need to be to leave. We have to kill the Knight Riders here if we want to do much more. We could kill, move to Nameless Ruins. Yeah, so we have to just fight. So seven on two, stabbing the Knight Riders. zero we will empower the blade to deal two damage which draws us a second wind and heals the one horror on us we're back to full i like that second action we'll investigate we'll use a flashlight charge two on one and we'll take a damage drawing us a card it's alice luxley that makes us four on one skull is a minus one we get the clue and let's flip it over the likeness of old. As you begin your perilous climb, you realize that you're the only ones who dare to scale the mountain. Although woodsmen and lava gatherers explore its lower slopes, few brave the cliffs higher up on the northern face, and certainly none along the southern face of the mountain, which cannot be seen from the city below. You eventually reach a valley of still lava, solid as rock. At the far end, a twisting, narrow path ascends the southern slope, when you reach the top, you find what you've been searching for, a face carved into the side of the mountain, hundreds of feet tall. 
the face of one of the great ones, or so it is told. You have uncovered a sign of the gods. We're up to two. Shuffle one set-aside copy of Tenebrous Nightgaunt into the encounter deck, if able. Flip this card back over. Tenebrous Nightgaunt is a 4-4-1 monster in Nightgaunt. Hunter. And when it leaves play as a result of an act setup, set it aside, it keeps all tokens and attachments. After resolving the act setup, put it back into play at any city location. With that sign of the god, one option here would be to just take a resource, because I, we're on four resources and I'm thinking we play Alice now, and she'll help us try and get a clue at the Nameless Ruins next turn. We do have an emergency cash in hand and one on stick to the plan, but actions are so precious that I wonder if just taking the resource to just keep us ticking over is good. I don't think we need more cards. We've got Alice, Second Wind, Randolph, Home Front, Act of Desperation, Emergency Cash, Vicious Blow, Automatic. Yeah, definitely not. So I'll take a resource from getting that Sign of the Gods from Virgil, and last action I'll play Alice Luxley. Upkeep. We draw a scene of the crime. Well, a shortcut now to be in position would be great, and we go to two resources, but we don't have a shortcut. We hit five Doom of seven, and our encounter card is Priest of a Thousand Masks. It's a 2-2-2. Two, two, two. While investigators have uncovered two or more signs of the gods, Priest of a Thousand Masks gets plus one fight and plus one evade. So it's actually a 3-2-3. Three, three. When we get to four or more, it becomes a 3-4-3. Three, three. And when we get to six or more, it becomes uh, a damage and a horror rather than just the horror. Ugh. What do we do with this? Well, my plan, if we hadn't drawn an enemy, would have been to move to the Nameless Ruins, investigate, and move to Bahana. As it is, that's not going to happen. We could stab this guy with the other Vicious Blow, move to Nameless Ruins, and still try to investigate, and we take a direct damage to an ally asset we control at the end of our turn, which would just go on Alice. And then next turn, we'd move to Bahana, We'd have two actions spare, kind of faffing. Ugh, really time-wasting. Did we waste a turn here that we could have been quicker on? I don't think so. We failed that Magabird test. Almost every action we've played so far has been to try and get us in position. The other option is if we did have a shortcut this turn, we could go and investigate and shortcut out. So we should play as though we might hit one. There's a very slim chance that we have one in our deck. That's the only movement option we have. So first action we stab, we're a six on three, we'll commit a vicious blow. Minus two. We won't empower the blade because we don't need the healing and it's dead. Second action we move into nameless ruins. After we end our turn here we deal a one direct damage, yes I understand. And third action, we'll investigate, we'll use a flashlight charge, so we're a three on three, and we'll take a direct damage on us to draw us a card. It's a shortcut, I don't believe it. That makes us two up, three on three. I think we chuck in Randolph to be three up, just to take another token out of the bag. Three up. <laughs> Minus four! Damn! Damn. Nothing we can do about that. We could shortcut away and just leave this place. I don't think it's worth it. I think it's worth staying. What would we do next turn? Play an emergency cash. 
move to maybe play second wind to heal up. Okay, at the end of our turn, we take a damage to Alice. Damn, the minus four twice when we've been three up. Brutal. Could we have... I didn't want to commit scene of the crime to that. Upkeep. We draw another second wind. Two second wind, shortcut scene of the crime. Home front, act of desperation, cash and automatic. And we hit three resources. We also hit six of seven doom. And our encounter card is Song of the Magabird, which attaches to our location. So we have a choice. We could play second wind and heal two damage. But then we're taking damage to try and get this clue. Or we just play scene of the crime here and grab the clue. Try and clear Song of the Magabird. We'll have two attempts at it and then leap. That's the right way to go, isn't it? So we'll pay two, play scene of the crime and get this clue and flip over nameless ruins. What remains of Tyria? The ruins of this settlement are vast, but it is the caverns that lie beneath that draw your interest. Deep underground, you become lost in a forbidden maze of wildly complex corridors, impossible to map. For days, you scour the maze, unable to find the path to its core. Finally, you notice a dark shape, like a hazy shadow, watching you from around a corner. You pursue it until it leads you to a tomb in the centre of a gargantuan cavern, surrounded by ancient tapestries depicting the once great kingdom of Tyria. You wonder about the intentions of the shadow that led you here. Was it aiding you or manipulating you? You record the story of Tyria's fall before fleeing to the surface. You have no wish to stay any longer. You've uncovered a sign of the gods, so we hit three signs. Flip this card back over. Well, we're only down to one resource, so again, let's use Virgil to take a resource. Second action, let's try and clear this song of the Magabird. We're five on four, and I'll commit acts of desperation to be three up. Plus one. The song goes... I don't think we play shortcut because there's nothing for us to do with our last action, so we just move back to Bahana. The Bahanas. Upkeep. We draw a scene of the crime again. That's nice. We go up to three resources again. And let's set sail. As you board the ship once more, you find the crew loading barrels of trade goods, fur, ore, exotic spices and the like. We'll make a killing with these back on the mainland, the captain says, clapping your shoulder. Hope you found what you were looking for too. Where do you want to head next? Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck, and we need to choose another place to go. Now, I think we go to the Timeless Realm now. We have Alice down, we've got a flashlight with one charge and a scene of the crime in hand. I think there's healing there, and I think we try and power our way through there. We're on three signs of the gods. If I'm right and it has another three there, that takes us up to six, which is awesome. And maybe we try and sneak one and get to seven. And we go and do that area before we get too mobbed. Yeah, I think we do that. So let's head to the Timeless Realm. So setting up for the Timeless Realm, we shuffle the Crawling Mist into the encounter deck, and we also spawn a Priest of Thousand Masks at Hazeth Clegg, which is next to us, but they don't have Hunter, so it's a 3-2-3 just standing there. We start at Selephais, which is Uthnargai city and port traded, and we've also got Seranian off the other way from us, which is three Shroud and a Clue, and as an additional cost for you to enter or leave, you must choose and discard a card from your hand, which is pretty bad. And we advance to Act 2A, The King's Decree. Much of the valley realm of Uthnardai, ruled by the dreamer Kuranez, eludes the grasp of time. Nothing here ages or falls into disrepair. It is a realm of wonders and marvels. How many years might pass here before you even noticed? There's the exact same text about finding signs of the gods. 
but we hit seven doom. <sighs> the Corsair's pursuit. Months have passed since you first set forth from Ulthar. Along the way, you've seen many fabulous places and met many strange and interesting people. Some have been helpful, giving you sage advice or pointing you in the right direction. Most, however, have regarded you with suspicion and wariness. Perhaps it is because you are a dreamer from the outside world, or perhaps it is because you are foolish and accursed enough to seek the forbidden places of the dreamlands. But it is the Corsairs who truly frighten you. Throughout your travels, you spot them pursuing you time and again. Men from Lang, the inhabitants of the dreamlands call them. Satellite creatures with hooves instead of feet and great curved horns protruding from their foreheads. They sail on long black galleys with black sails. You know not why they hunt for you relentlessly, and you are not keen to find out. Shuffle both set aside Corsair of Leng enemies into the encounter deck along with the encounter discard pile. We've just done like a triple shuffle up of the encounter deck there. First for leaving, then for arriving at this island, and now for advancing. Agenda 2A, Agents of the Outer Gods. Perhaps seeking Kadath is an accursed venture after all. Even so, curiosity gnaws at your mind. What proof could the resting place of the gods hold for you? Same rule about resigning at a port. Nine doom. Oh, we draw another song of the Maga bird. Gugh. Okay, it's, it's actually not so bad. I think we can get the clue here pretty easily. So we play second wind, heal two of the three damage on us, draw us another card. It's practice makes perfect. <laughs> Do we have that many practiced cards left in our deck? Maybe a perception and a take the initiative. Do we just practice makes perfect this song of the Magabird test? We can play it during a skill test. So we could play it before committing cards and then decide if we take damage and then last action investigate. Seems all right. Pay one, search top nine. Flashlight, Alice, take the initiative. Pretty sure I'm committing that. Soothing melody, soothing melody, practice makes perfect. Evidence, emergency aid, enchanted blade. So we'll commit that. We've already spent one action. So that's a plus two, which makes us a seven on four. I want a solitary combat icon in my hand to commit. And our deck is down to three, six, nine, twelve cards. We're doing all right. We're doing all right. What else can we commit from our hand? We could commit scene of the crime or home front. I think we take a damage, which draws us a card. It's on the hunt, and that makes us five up. Minus one. Massive overcommitment, but that song of the Maga Bird is gone. It's horrible. We've cleared three now. So we've essentially, it's essentially cost us a turn. And last action, I'll spend my flashlight charge and investigate here, two, uh, three on two. Hmm, yeah, I will do it. Tentacle, fail. I was just thinking as I paused to reveal the token, it might be nice to be in Seranian to start next turn and we can just play scene of the crime there. So I think I play shortcut now, which moves us to Seranian. And as an additional cost to enter or leave, we must choose and discard a card from our hand. We'll get rid of the 45 automatic. And that sets us up at least to play scene of the crime here because it's three shroud. Enemy phase, nothing. Upkeep, 
we draw the normal enchanted blade, the level zero. We go to two resources and one of nine doom. Our encounter card is a tenebrous night gaunt that spawns on top of us. Ugh. Well, first action, let's pay two and play scene of the crime, getting this clue, and we'll flip Seranian. Timeless beauty. The beautiful world of Seranian is a refuge from all of the world's ills. In these turreted cloud castles that hang in the heavenly sky, time slows to a halt. The allure of this city is ageless. You could lose yourself for years within its marbled streets and perfect gardens and never notice the difference. It is so peaceful that you nearly forget your quest, as well as the fact that your physical body still sleeps in the real world. Even so, you cannot help but wonder. Would it be better to simply stay in this tranquil realm and let your mind remain at peace, even while your body ages and withers away? Each investigator at Seranian heals two damage and gains two resources. So Scene of the Crime got us a clue for free and healed us two. And we've uncovered a sign of the gods. We're up to four, which does mean that the priest of a thousand masks has beefed up a bit. And what should we use with that fourth? Do we need resources? Or maybe we draw a card this time and just keep pushing through our deck. We do need more clue solutions. I'm going to draw a card. It's a practice makes perfect. Think there's one perception left? Yeah, there's one perception left in the deck. So we could use that to get the clue at Celephice, maybe. Okay, we've got two actions left. How do we deal with this Tenebrous Nightborn? We could stab it once with the Enchanted Blade and empower the blade for two damage. And we could stab it again with the home front, dealing a damage to it. And that would actually draw us two more cards. So the first action will stab it, that's it, would like way overkill. Or we just use the blade charges. I think we do the home front. So that makes us a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and we'll take a damage to be thirteen, which draws us a soothing melody. Thirteen on four. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just before we do that, we have Alice and we've seen of the crimed. So we can exhaust Alice, discover a clue, deal a damage to an enemy at our location, which means we can one-shot the Tenebrous Nightgaunt, doing exactly what we're doing, using the Enchanted Blade, taking a damage on us. Yeah, 5, 9, 10, 11, 13 on 4. Minus 4 is a pass. We will empower the blade to do two damage and transfer one from the home front, which kills this enemy, heals us a horror, draws us another card. It's a 45 automatic, and we've still got an action left. Yes, good work. We're finally getting there. We're fully healed now as well. Alice is on a single damage, and the blade has got one charge left. We are slightly running out of damage, and that Priest of a Thousand Masks is looking a bit scary on four health. Last action, we move back to Celephice, and we need to discard a card. Our hand is Soothing Melody, Cash, Second Wind, On the Hunt, Practice Makes Perfect, and then an Automatic and an Enchanted Blade. Think maybe the Cash, because we have another Cash on Stick to the Plan, just waiting, ready to go. And the plan would be probably to play the other Enchanted Blade next turn, Bumping Flashlight. Enemy Phase, that guy doesn't do anything. Upkeep, we draw that perception and go up to three resources. We hit two of nine doom, and our encounter card is Hunted by Corsairs. 
Revelation attach hunted by Corsairs to the current act. When the act advances, we take two damage, and we can test intellect or agility four to sneak past. Think we're just taking the damage, but good to have that. Do we think there's a sign of the gods at Celephius? We probably, it's veiled, we probably still need to do something with it. So we could investigate with perception, move in on the Priest of a Thousand Masks, and we'd end up taking one horror, which we can manage. Ah, although we'd need to play a weapon as well. Okay, this is a slightly slow roly turn, I think. First, we investigate. We're three on two, we'll commit perception, and we'll commit practice makes perfect. And six on two. Minus two. The reason I went up with that extra one is skulls are minus four now, and there's three of them in the bag. So going four up gets rid of four tokens. Perception draws us a card, it's unexpected courage. We get that clue. Let's use the Veiled ability. Advice of the King. Randolph stops in one of the streets of Celephius to meet with the old chief of the city's cats, and you recall that your companion once told you that Ulthar is not the only city of the Dreamlands in which these curious creatures dwell. The cat informs Randolph where he can find his old friend, and you're surprised when your companion leads you to a rose crystal palace in the centre of the city. Here you meet with King Kuranes, who rules this region. When you tell Kuranes of your quest, he indicates that you may find what you're looking for in the great temple that lies in the centre of Hazath Clegg, a city beyond his timeless realm. But this advice comes with a warning. Once you enter the Temple of Unattainable Desires, you might never leave. Remember you've beseeched the king. Shuffle one set-aside copy of Tenebrous Nightgaunt into the encounter deck of Abel. Flip this card back over. In goes the last copy of Tenebrous Nightgaunt. Action 2. We'll spend three, discard our empty flashlight to play the other enchanted blade. We filled our arcane slots. Good pro plays from Mark there. And action three, we'll head in to Hazath Clegg. In stark contrast to the rest of the timeless realm, Hazath Clegg is a decaying city of dingy, twisting streets and basalt towers that lies outside the reach of the king of Celephius. Even simple rules of architecture do not seem to apply here, and though there are gods venerated within the city's many temples, none of them are the reputable sort you seek. Priest of a Thousand Masks engages us. Last action. Potentially we heal the horror from that it's about to deal us. Enemy phase? It hits for a horror. We've discovered four signs, so it's a 3-4-3. Three, three. It deals the horror to us. I think we take it on us, because we can heal that horror with the last enchanted blade charge. Upkeep, we draw our third Soothing Melody. We go to one resource. We hit three of nine Doom. And our encounter card is Whispers of Hypnos. Well, I like that. Let's say Agility. That's a real gift of a turn. Okay, first action. We stab with the normal Enchanted Blade. Five, six, seven on three. Minus three, it's empowered, so that's two damage. Second action, we stab with the powered up enchanted blade, seven on three. Zero, and we will empower the blade to draw a card, heal a horror, kill that enemy. It's emergency aid we draw. Oh, for an evidence at that point. Now, can we get this clue? We are a three on four. With unexpected courage, 
we're a five on four. With a damage, we're a seven on four. The damage draws us an Alice Luxley, and we'll commit that Alice Luxley to be an eight on four. Minus four, clue, and we will flip Hazeth Clegg. Unattainable desires. Deep within the rundown city of Hazeth Clegg, along the street of the Pantheon, lies the Temple of Unattainable Desires. It is a grand temple of onyx, its iron gate fashioned to look like a mass of twisted and intermingled serpents with amethyst eyes. Lanterns cast a baleful red glow at the entrance. You shudder at the thought of what profane rituals might transpire within its unhallowed halls. And yet, your gut tells you this awful place may hold the answers you seek. We put the Temple of Unattainable Desires into play and flip this card back over. It's three shroud, a clue, and a victory point. It's veiled, and the way into the temple is barred shut. You cannot enter the Temple of Unattainable Desires unless an investigator has beseeched the king. We have. The interior of the temple is even darker and more twisted than the city in which it dwells. Hooded lanterns bathe its halls in dim crimson light, and no friendly faces greet you within. That's our turn. Stab, stab, clue. Upkeep. We draw a flashlight. Well, that is great because our Enchanted Blade level 3's run out of charges. And go to two resources. Mythos, four of nine doom. And our encounter card is Law of Igiroth Chaos. You cannot play cards or trigger abilities on player cards with an odd printed resource cost. Discard a player card with an even printed resource cost from your hand. Discard this card from your hand. So we wouldn't be able to play On the Hunt, Second Wind in our hand, and that's it. But we also wouldn't be able to trigger abilities on the Enchanted Blade. Is it worth an action to get rid of this to allow us to play On the Hunt and Second Wind and trigger the Enchanted Blade? I think so, and we would get rid of our 45 automatic to discard it. Second action, we move into the Temple. Third action, we play our Flashlight. All the speed is kind of ebbing out of us as we work our way into the Temple here. That sets us up to be two up straight away investigating. Upkeep. We draw evidence, and that is our deck empty, so we'll be taking a horror when we loop. We go to one resource, we also go to five of nine doom, and our encounter card is Whispers of Hypnos. Amazing. What a gift. We'll go agility. Right. How do we get this clue? We use a flashlight charge. We're three on one. We commit emergency aid and on the hunt, making us four up. Minus three, clue, that was first action, we'll flip it. The city inside. In the deepest section of the temple lies its greatest hall and its greatest curse. The moment you pass under its low, narrow doorway, you find yourself in another realm altogether, a twisted, hellish version of the city outside. The streets are lined with tottering houses that lean together so that they almost form tunnels, blotting out what passes for the sky in this nightmare realm. Only a single, baleful star shines in the perpetual twilight, visible between the leaning basalt towers and twisted streets. Put the set-aside City Which Appears on No Map location into play, and flip this card over. The City Which Appears on No Map. Six Shroud. Two Clues. Veiled. For each Priest of a Thousand Masks at the City, reduce its Shroud by one. 
After you fail a skill test while investigating the city which appears on no map, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a Priest of a Thousand Masks and spawn it here. Shuffle the encounter deck. Ugh. Our hand, two soothing melodies, a second wind, and an evidence. Second action, let's move in there. So if we use a flashlight charge, I mean, we could even... We could use a flashlight charge and we'd be three on four and take a damage we'd be five on four and commit evidence or soothing melody we'd be seven on four or six on four respectively if we fail we draw a priest of a thousand masks which we could kill and play an evidence to get one of these clues so we don't want to commit the evidence the question is do we actually just flub the test to pull a priest of a thousand masks straight away here or do we do something else We've only got one action left, so if we would take a test now, we're essentially guaranteeing that we take a hit in the enemy phase. The alternative is we try and pass the tests next turn, sort of effectively. If we fail, we've still got an enemy to kill. Because if we fail a test now, draw an enemy, and then our card in the encounter phase is an enemy, we're then really swamped with enemies and kind of stuck. So I don't think we do that. The question is, do we play a soothing melody just to heal a single damage and it will give us a horror which we could put on Virgil. It'll give us a horror because we'll loop our deck. We could play the emergency cash. Maybe we play the emergency cash and then we've got four resources and if looping our deck we get scene of the crime by some fluke, we're good, but we're also just in a nice strong position for playing evidence and things like that. Let's do that. We're going to loop our deck anyway in, in upkeep. So that gets us three resources. We're up to four. Enemy phase nothing. Upkeep. We go up to five resources, deck shuffled, and our draw is an emergency cash, and we take a horror. We can put it out on Alice, in fact, because we're still fine there. Six doom of nine. Ugh. Chance of another island is looking slim. And our encounter card is Night Riders. Swarming one. So we could kill, kill, playing evidence on one of the kills and tapping Alice, which is sort of nice. And then last action, go for it with committing cards to try and get the last clue. So first action, we'll attack a Knight Riders with the Enchanted Blade. We're seven. Uh, yeah, and we'll empower the blade. Seven on two. Minus one. We kill one. We'll pay one. Play Evidence, getting us a clue. Tapping Alice to deal a damage to the other Knight Riders. Second action, we'll fight with the Enchanted Blade, where we just get plus one now, so we're six on two. No need to boost, so we won't boost. Tablet, minus two, we pass. That one is dead for a damage. Last action, let's go for this, all in. Flashlight charge makes us three against four. Both soothing melodies makes us five against four. Take a damage makes us seven against four. Drawing us a practice makes perfect, which will play for one, seven against four, revealing ever vigilant, second wind, 45 automatic, perception, act of desperation, unexpected courage, emergency cash, the home front, and flashlight. So we will commit the perception. Amazing. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, we're nine against four. Minus two, 
clue. I almost couldn't bear to think about what the bag would do then. We draw a card from the perception. It's Randolph Carter, Randolph, Randolph, and we'll use the ability to flip city which appears on no map. The Baleful Star. You traverse the tangled streets of this dark abandoned realm for what seems like many hours. You cannot tell the passage of time for the star that hangs above you never moves and the rest of the sky is empty and devoid of all light. Finally, you reach the square in the centre of town, directly below the baleful star. Its red glare shines down on a statue depicting an otherworldly abomination. The inscription in the stone before the statue is riddled with astrological symbols and strange names, but nothing more. The moment you read one of the names, the city begins to collapse and you're whisked away by an incomprehensible force. You awaken several hours later, your head spinning, your arms and legs are covered in thin, bloody incisions. So good, so creepy. You've uncovered two signs of the gods, we're up to six. Discard each enemy here, there aren't any. Move each investigator here to the Temple of Unattainable Desires. Which means we move back there. Flip this card back over and add it to the victory display. Victory two. Okay, so we can't head back in there. Ugh, unfortunately we're two moves away from getting to a port, which is a bit annoying. But there we go. That was our three, wasn't it? Kill, kill, mega, mega attempt. So we draw a card. It's the 45 automatic. We go up to four resources and we hit seven of nine doom. So this turn we could get back, hopefully, to Selefice and advance. And then we go to eight of nine doom and we'd have basically three actions to try and get a sign of the gods which is pretty hard is the one on either of the starting locations on the final islands that's the tricky thing okay we hit seven doom let's do our encounter card law of igoroth you cannot commit skill cards to skill tests with an odd number of total skill icons on them okay and we have to discard an even number of icons we basically can't commit any of the cards in our hand well, this turn, we're definitely moving twice, but we have a second wind in hand. So I'm going to pay one, heal the two damage on us, drawing us our second emergency cash, and then move twice. And we're back at a port. Upkeep, we draw our second Alice Luxley. And we go to four resources. And we advance because we're at a port, which means we take two damage because of Hunted by Corsairs, which draws us another card. It's Shell Shock which gives us a horror. We'll put the horror on Virgil. He's unhurt, basically. Let us go to Mnar next. Oh yeah, I need to read the back. Your ship's crew grumbles in protest when you announce your intention to leave. Of course, Serenium. Can you blame them? The captain leans in and says quietly as the crew prepares for the voyage. They would stay in port here forever if they could. But alas, the sea calls. So where are we headed next? So we need to find the crawling mist and remove it from the game. So yeah, that never turned up and caused us any problems. Then we shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. And then let us head to Mnar. I'm pretty sure that the Forbidden Lands doesn't give you anything in the first location, but Mnar does. So we lose our clues. We got six in this island, which is pretty awesome. We put all the victory locations in the victory display, which is another three. Hazeth Clegg doesn't have victory. We put the Mnar locations into play which are Kadatheron, Ruins of Ib, and Sarnath. They're all connected to each other. Kadatheron is where we start. Each location has one clue. Kadatheron is five shroud a clue, veiled, triple action to draw five cards. And we put the Beings of Ib enemy in play at the Ruins of Ib, 
It's aloof hunter and swarming one. And it can only move to Ruins location, so it can't move here, but it can move to Sarnath. During the enemy attacks step of the enemy phase, instead of attacking its engaged investigator, Beings of Ib attacks each investigator at its location, even if unengaged. We hit eight doom of nine. We want to resign this turn. Our encounter card is... Wait, wait. Yes, we don't want to play anything in our hand, do we? No. Our encounter card is Prismatic Phenomenon. The first time we draw, resource, or play each round, it costs an additional action, and after you successfully investigate, <laughs> instead of discovering clues, discard Prismatic Phenomenon. Well, plan was <laughs> to try and go ham on Kadatheron and bust this location. Can we still try? We could use Flashlight. We can't commit cards with odd number of skill icons so our hand is basically locked out use flashlight would make us three on three take a damage we'd be two up if we succeed we'd get rid of a phenomenon but then we'd be trying again at three on five and we do need to save an action to resign don't we if we moved into where the beings of ib are they're aloof we could investigate the ruins of it, but yeah, we've got the prismatic phenomenon we'd need to get back. I think that's our best bet. So a reminder of hand, two cash, Randolph Carter with three icons, automatic with an agility, and Alice with a single intellect. We cannot commit skill cards with an odd number of total icons on them, so all of those cards are gone, and we need to discard a player card with an even number of total skill icons from your hand. I don't think we have any, right? Zero isn't even, or is it? Zero's positive and even or zero is positive and neither odd nor even not sure yeah so that's that alice is giving us plus one nothing on stick to the plan i think we give it a try even if we draw a tablet and place a doom we've still got the action to resign so we'll spend spend the flashlight charge and take a damage that makes us a five on three the damage draws us the home front won't help us Tablet, five on three, that's a pass. So prismatic phenomenon goes, but we don't get the clue. Second action, we push it again. We take another damage. That makes us a five on five here. Come on. We're up to four damage, five on five. Where's that elder sign? Yes, it's the Elder Sign. It is actually the Elder Sign. I can't believe it. Yes! That's a plus four. Nine on five. Clue. One action left, but we flip Kadatheron. Cylinders of Kadatheron. You study the pillars within Kadatheron for many hours, losing yourself in the vast storied histories of the Dreamlands. What was first a focused search for the whereabouts of the Castle of the Gods soon becomes an obsession with all things inscribed upon the cylinders. Please don't cost me actions here. Hours, days, weeks, who knows how much time you lose to your research. Though you learn much, the time you spend here is a boon to those who pursue you. You're only able to pry yourself free from the cylinders when you feel the ominous gaze of something sinister watching you from afar. We've discovered a sign of the gods, taking us up to seven. We add a Tenebrous Nightgaunt to the encounter deck. Well, we can't. We flip this card over. We've got a single action left. We resign. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. We've got seven signs of the gods there. 
where did we waste time? Well, definitely on Oriab. On Oriab, I think I maybe mis- misjudged. I wasn't really like keyed into the flow of that that location, uh, that island, where you need to hit one location and move on quickly so that you can do a drive-by on the nameless ruins, as it were, like run in, get a clue, and get back to Bahana. And I just wasn't keyed into that smartly enough, so just didn't manage it. But we're still in a pretty good place there, I think. Seven signs is really good. So let's look at resolutions. So no one was defeated, and if no resolution was reached because each resigned, we go to resolution one. I fear the worst, Randolph mourns. If those fiendish corsairs captured them, then they're in dire trouble. They're agents of the other gods from the outside whose soul and messenger is the crawling chaos, Nihilathotep. So we've got to go to the moon. We earn victory X of each card in the victory display. To my count, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Amazing. And we record Virgil was captured, Randolph eluded capture, and we move on to interlude to the Aneronauts when Peter is ready. Immense. Super immense. Right, that's my side done. Thanks for listening and catch you for the interlude. Bye. Hello everyone, this is Peter. This is me recording the uh, my second part of Think on Your Feet. Hopefully you've listened to Frank's second part now. <laughs> so this is my part with Agnes. Frank's given me a, a load of tips to, to improve my, uh, my recording, uh, which I have obviously open right in front of me. I'm going to try and stop saying right so much, be a bit more descriptive about what's happening. Uh, yeah, so less nervous than I was last time, but still a bit nervous. Uh, but also excited to get started. Now, just before I go, before I, before I go ahead, <laughs> I've uh, updated my deck. If you didn't hear the last episode, in fact, I had to listen to the end to remind myself what I did. I took out two sixth, sixth cents and an old key ring and an emergency cash. And I've added in three mind's eye, a relic hunter and a shining trapezohedron. So that's kind of some economy and some other kind of useful cards. Yeah, it's kind of one in, one out in terms of like useful stuff, I think. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, basically just excited to get started, really. Let's, let's bash on. We're doing A Thousand Shapes of Horror. I am going to read through the intro again because I enjoyed doing it last time. To stop the merging between the land of dreams and the waking world, you decide to force your way into the dreamlands as your new companion Randolph calls the dimension in your physical body, instead of travelling there in your sleep. While there are many dangers to this method of travel, I think it is better than the alternative, Randolph claims. If we venture there in our sleep, we may become trapped like your companions, unable to wake. You agree. You can do a little good trapped on the other side, especially if you aim to help your dreaming companions. Our first step is to find a key. Even in places where the dreamlands borders the waking world, one cannot simply walk between them. I once possessed a key to the Gate of Dreams, but I lost it years ago and and have been unable to find it since, he laments. Check the campaign log. If the Black Cat is at your side, proceed to intro 2. The Black Cat is not at our side, he's away gathering some gossip. Otherwise, skip to intro 3. You go through the usual motions. When was the last time you saw it? Where was the last time you used it? And the like. Randolph sighs and shakes his head. 
You do not understand. It is not a physical key. It never was. The key was the sense of wonder, fantasy and creativity that sparked my imagination when I was young. These are things we do not value in maturity. It is only natural the key to these kinds of dreams should be lost with age. Proceed to intro 4. You ask what might have turned Randolph's mind away from the fantastical and toward more practical concerns. He thinks for a brief time, mulling over the possibilities. Then his eyes go wide as he realises something important. There was an incident many years ago. It was the last time I was involved with something supernatural. That is, before today, he explains. I met a friend of mine, Joel Manton, in the graveyard next to the old abandoned house in the Merchant District. The one they call the Unnameable. Yikes. I don't want to believe that was uh, it was truly haunted, as the story's told, but in merely repeating the legend, I drew the creature's ire. You ask of the creature, and Randolph closes his eyes as a violent shudder courses up his spine. It cannot be described. All that I know is that we barely survived. It was my fault Joel was hurt. From that day forth, I have had no desire to delve into the supernatural or the superstitious. Not because I did not believe, but because I was frightened. Is that why the key eludes me? Is that why I can no longer dream? The realisation hits him, clear as day. I know where we have to go. That is where I lost the key. That must be where it can be regained, he exclaims, wide-eyed. As Randolph frantically tries to hail a taxi cab, you realise where he means to go. To the house without a name, where the indescribable creature that still haunts his memory resides. I did this in the wrong order, but never mind. We're going to read the intro text, and then I'm going to draw my opening hand. The house with no name. The house that Randolph calls the unnameable is not much to look at. The rundown 17th century building has been abandoned for decades and has fallen into disrepair. Its door is scratched and pitted, most of the window panes are shattered, and rats crawl around the foundations. So that's the agenda, and that has a five doom threshold. Act 1A, Searching the Unnameable. You're still not sure exactly what you're meant to find inside the old house, but Randolph insists that you need to locate the key. Seems like you have no choice but to search the house and see what you can turn up. Objective. Explore the house to find a way into the dreamlands. Find and complete an objective on another scenario card to advance. Now, it's been a while since I played this scenario, so I'm going in a little bit blind, not totally, but I sort of know what the deal is. We start and play at the burial ground, which is connected up to the front porch, which is connected to two downstairs doorways. And then up from the front porch, we've got the upstairs hallway and two doorways off to that as well. And let's flip over the burial ground. Okay, this has one clue, and it is victory one. Uh, it's full shroud, and says, Each ghoul enemy drawn spawns at burial ground instead of at its normal location. Free action. Uh, investigators in the burial ground spend one clue as a group. Remember that the investigators noticed the missing bones. Okay, now, from what I remember, the best thing to do is try and f do all of those little bits and bobs. But that involves me finding a clue on a full shroud location. Let's fire into my opening hand and see what we've got. Okay, we have Ethereal Form, we have Arcane Initiate, we have Mind's Eye, which is very good to have at this point. We have a Shining Trapezohedron, and we have a Crystal Pendulum. Hmm, well, most of these cards are good. Mind's Eye is really good, that's going to be my key to doing some investigating. Shining Trapezohedron is going to be some economy, and Arcane Initiate is going to be some card draw. To start digging into my deck. But I'm only starting with five resources. Ethereal form feels like an easy pitch. So I'm going to drop that. And draw a replacement card. Ah, Randolph Carter himself. Interesting. Okay, first turn. Three actions. 
Now, we do have a clue on this location. Let me think. So, I'm really going to need to play some cards this turn. I feel it's not a bad first turn to play Mind's Eye, play Crystal Pendulum, and then take a swing at and investigate using the Mind's Eye. That puts me two up on the investigate test. And that would be a single clue of this location, which feels pretty good. The Mind's Eye tokens are going to go pretty quickly, so it's going to be good to start drawing through my deck as fast as I can. Next turn, maybe I, I drop the Initiate or the Shining Trapezohedron. The Shining Trapezohedron maybe because it lets me start playing the spells even with no cash. And then Arcane Initiate the turn after, though, and then that's perilously close to the agenda ticking over. The alternative is to play Randolph, but that needs an extra resource. Uh, Crystal Pendulum might draw me cards as well, so that's good. Okay, let's let's spend three resources, action one, and play Mind's Eye. So this takes up both my arcane slots. It's a relatively new card, so I'll read it out just so people know. Um, and it's kind of the linchpin of my deck. Three cost asset, Mind's Eye, uh, Ritual, Myriad. So I've got three copies in my deck. Hopefully that's going to, they're all going to show up. And it has, uh, uses three secrets. Reaction, when you would test your uh, intellect, your combat, your agility, spend one secret, test your willpower instead. Free trigger, discard a copy of Mind's Eye from your hand, place two secrets on this copy of Mind's Eye. This is why I want to try and draw through my deck as quick as I can. Let's have another two resources, and we'll drop in our Crystal Pendulum. Uh, this is a card from one of the starter decks, but it was kind of announced alongside the deck, so I'm, I'm pretty happy using it. Uh, and it's just a straight-up will boost. What I'm going to do is say I'm going to fail spot-on, so it's fail or succeed by zero because I'm two up, and if I draw a minus two, that's going to get me a card. Let's spend a token, and draw a card from the uh, the Chaos Bag. Is the Cultist. Reveal another token. If you fail, and it unnameables in play, it attacks you. That's irrelevant. Ah, and that's a minus two. So, I pass, but I pass by zero, which is what I said in the Crystal Pendulum. So just to remind you, my, my this puts my willpower on six. So I was testing six on four there. So draw a card. Ah, and unexpected courage. So that's all three actions. That gets the clue of this location. But I'm going to spare this clue and then remember that we noticed the missing bones. So I'm going to put a I'm going to put a horror on this location just to remind me. I don't think we need those for anything else. And that's the end of my turn. So I gain a resource. Go back up to one resource and I draw a card. And that's, ooh, that's a read the signs. Oh, that's good. So in my hand, I've got Arcane Initiate, Shining Tra Trapezohedron, Randolph Cart, Unexpected Courage, and read the signs. Okay, let's drop a Doom on the agenda, and then we'll do an encounter card. Grasping Hands. Test three agility. For each point you fail by, take one damage. Hmm, this isn't great, to be honest with you. I mean, what I could I could use Mind's Eye, you know, and test at six, but I don't think I want to. I think I might use the Unexpected Courage on this. I don't want to be taking damage that I don't have to. So let's use the Unexpected Courage. <laughs> I've drawn the plus one. <laughs> of course I have. Okay, right, let's see on this turn. I think we just bust into the house and start trying to see what's going on. Let's move once to the front porch. As a group reveal the upstairs hallway. Uh, if the unnameable has one 
or more damage on it. Smoke trails off from the creature, leading to a, a tomb near the centre of the cemetery outside. Put the set aside unmarked tomb location into play. So we're not going to worry about that just at the moment. But I think what we are going to do is move into the downstairs, one of the downstairs doorways adjacent to here and see what's there. Okay, we'll move across to the... What's that? The right. Okay, the den. Four shroud, two clues. Reaction. After you successfully investigate the den, discard one card from your hand. Discover an additional clue at this location. Free action. Investigators in the den spend two, uh, one clue as a group. Remember that the investigators studied a desecrated portrait. Okay, well, I've only got one action left this turn. I think I want to drop my shining trapezohedron with my one resource. And that will let me pay, play read the signs next turn, probably without too much trouble. So I'm testing it six then. So challenge trapezohedron lets me play a spell if I match the, the cost, effectively match the cost of the spell. And then I'm sh testing shining, uh, testing read the signs at eight on four. Um, so that's that's pretty good. That'll get me both clues. So I'm going to spend the one resource and play my second uh, accessory. So that's my two accessory slots are now filled. Sorry, heirloom of Hyperborea. And that's the end of my turn. So we're going to draw a card. And we're going to gain a resource. I've got a second read the signs. So my hand is Arcane Initiate, Randolph Carter, and then read the signs, read the signs. That's gone pretty well for the start of the game, hasn't it? And I'm on one resource now. Full health as well. Okay, start of uh, turn three. So take the Doom up, not down, Peter. Go. Draw an encounter card. Okay, Deceptive Memories. Ooh, that's not good. Put Deceptive Memories into play in your threat area. After another card enters your threat area, choose and discard one card from your hand. Action, test three willpower. If you succeed, discard Deceptive Memories. That's potentially going to tax us an action at some point. So my Crystal Pendulum is readied. I think I'm going to I'm going to use my Shining Trapezohedron. So that says... When you would pay, pay the cost of a spell, exhaust this and test two willpower. That's that. Blah, 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 blah. Cool. Okay, so we're going to use Shang Trapezohedron as we play Read the Signs. So that's a difficulty two willpower test. I will use my Crystal Pendulum, and I'm going to assume I'm going to... I should really look at the, the composition of the bag, shouldn't I? Because it could be that minus two isn't the most common, right? So Skull is minus one. Let's have a quick look. Or actually, I'll just look in the bag. It's the easiest way to do it. I've seen what some builders actually just clone the bag and then they're able to actually just see all the tokens that are in there. That would be a far better idea than what I'm doing. So we've got one, two, three. We've actually got five minus ones in there. And then one, two, three, mi three four minus twos. So actually, the minus one is the better bet for the pass, right? Okay. So, what am I on? Six, and I'm testing two, so that's four. So I say I'm going to pass by three. Let's draw a token. That's a zero. Well, we don't draw a card, we do pass the test. And that gets us two clues. We'll take that, and we don't have to use the free action on this location. So I think I will also remember that we have studied a desecrated portrait. I can't remember which, if any of these are actually useful. Okay, so that's one. We could go straight up to the upstairs hallway or we could go I think the parlour isn't any use until you've got the enable in play from what I remember 
So I'm going to spend an action to move into the entryway, and then I'm going to spend a clue as a group. So it puts me back onto zero clues to reveal the upstairs hallway, because I can't move there. Free action. Investigators in the upstairs hallway spend one clue as a group. Put the set aside action uh, attic location to play. Oh, I've got an action left here, so I could I could investigate this location. I don't know whether it's worth saving my read the signs because that's two clues, isn't it? And I can just I mean, what my two intellect? That's not great, is it? I'd rather I'd rather spend those clues to be investigating victory point locations. Let's go up. To the well, I'll go up to the upstairs hallway, and I'm not going to find this clue on the entryway. And then we'll go. I think you can get something from both of these upstairs locations, but we will see. We will see. Okay. Well, that's the end of my turn. Nothing too bad has happened yet. Let's ready everything. Let's draw a card. Gain a resource. Okay. So I've drawn scrounge for supplies. So in my hand, I've got arcane initiate, Randolph Carter, read the signs, and scrounge for supplies. Scrounge for supplies could easily get a read the signs back. Um, but that doesn't seem like a huge priority at the moment. It can't, of course, get Mind's Eye back, which is a shame. I am on two resources now, so I'm only one away from playing Randolph Carter. It would be pretty useful to have. Right. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, next, beginning of next turn, we will uh, put a Doom on the Mythos, and we will draw an encounter card. Oh, we've got a locked door. Uh, attached to the location with the most clues, which is the entryway I've just come through. It's only got one clue on it, but it's the most. So normally, like, when you use spells, like, say, Drawn to the Flame, never heard of it. That will discover clues at a location without needing to investigate. And Read the Signs, although it is a spell, and a bit more useful in this deck, doesn't discover the clues. It's an investigate. So that's, yeah, it's, it throws a slight monkey in the wrench. But never mind, never mind. We can deal with that later if we really need to. Okay, so we're going to go... For, we are currently... So we're in the upstairs hallway. We've got two doorways above us or next to us. We do need to get a clue to reveal the attic, uh, which I think we, maybe we need to get to. But let's go to... Okay, so we'll try going to the left here. And that's taken us to the bedroom. And this is three shroud. Action, action. Discard all non-weakness treachery cards from your threat area. Free action. Investigators in the bedroom spend one clue as a group. Remember that the investigators found a cracked mirror. Also a victory point. We like victory points, so I think we might try and get that. Now, how are we going sh- to investigate this location? Three shroud. Using a mind's eye token isn't bad. So that's one action. Unfortunately, we're going to have to mind's eye then move. Next turn, we'll probably do play Randolph Carter move. And then we can investigate again, depending on what the shroud is. But then testing at three, because we'll have three intellect with Randolph Carter. That's actually maybe if it's a low shroud, we can actually investigate the location. Okay, so let's 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 use the mind's eye. The tokens are there to be used, aren't they? And if it was a key ring, I'd be firing them away. So that's six. So again, I'm gonna say we're gonna pass by. So I draw the minus one. It takes me to two above. Let's draw a token. Uh, it's a skull. So that's a minus one, I believe, unless I'm at a graveyard location, which I am not. That's a minus one. Perfect. So that draws me a card. Take that any day of the week. Oh, it's another scrounge for supplies. <laughs> so I've got Arcane Initiate, Randolph Card, a redesign, scrounge for supplies, scrounge for supplies. But that's successful investigator. That gets me a clue. 
And then let's spend that for... We found a cracked mirror. Man, I hope, I hope all of these do something. I'm like flying so blind here because it's quite detailed <laughs> what everything does. But I think that's the end of my turn, right? No, hang on. What did I do? I did move. I just did move investigator nine. I got the free card of that. Let's move back to the upstairs hallway. And that's the end of my turn. Okay, so I draw a card. Gain a resource. Ah, water protection, eh? Sounds good to me. Okay, mythos phase. We take up to four doom, so we're four of five, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. Ooh. Hmm. Crypt chill. Test four willpower. If you fail, choose and discard an asset you control. Well, that's not fun. It's a real shame I didn't play Arcane Initiate, actually. So Crystal Pendulum would be the obvious choice. But it's not as bad. Even if I fail, it's not as bad as that because I have uh, Randolph Carter in my hand. I am going to use Crystal Pendulum, though. And let's say, so this is four, I'm on six, so a minus two passes. Yeah, succeed or fail by one, I think, is fine. And I think even if I fail by one and I draw the minus three, uh, I still get the card before Crypt Chill kills it, because I believe you fail before you uh, resolve the, the failure effects of the test. It's a minus one. Perfect. So, well, let's say... Fail to see by one, yeah, so I draw a card. Oh, brilliant, and I pass the test. Hey, that crypt ain't so bad. And we draw a card. We've got a Storm of Spirits. Now, Frank and I did talk briefly about Storm of Spirits, and one thing I had remembered is that all of the ghouls appear in the burial ground. So there's a chance we could end up with a little pool of ghouls, the old ghoul pool, uh, in the burial ground. So Storm of Spirits would be nice to save until that, that, that happens, and then we can just blow the place up. Okay, so action one, I'm going to play Randolph Carter. Uh, I mean, it is his house after all. So we are now on seven willpower and three intellect, which is pretty pretty good, pretty good. We like that. That's action one. Action two, we're going to move to the upstairs doorway. Let's flip this guy over. And it is the library. Uh, as an additional cost to investigate the library, you must either lose one action or take one horror. Free action. Investigators in the library spend one clues as a group. You read a strange journal entry regarding one of the graves in the burial ground outside. Put the set-aside unmarked tomb location into play. Well, that sounds promising, doesn't it? So, this is only one shroud, and it's a victory point. I can just I can just investigate here. I'm, I'm three on two. Uh, sorry, three on one. I mean, that seems legit, right? Should we just give it a go? Investigate. I've drawn the autofail. That is not a pass. Well, I'm glad I didn't use a token on mine's eye. So that would have been disastrous. Okay. That's the end of my turn. Oh, I, sorry, I needed to have... It's because I didn't investigate. I need to take a horror. So what we'll do is we'll put a horror just on old Randolph. I suspect I need to, he needs to survive the trip down, maybe. Uh, we'll see about that. But I want to save my horror pool for dealing damage to things. Anyway, that's the end of my turn. So let's draw a card. That is not without fight. Which might come in useful, who knows. And a Doom. Next turn, Doom on the agenda. So we flip this guy over. Oh no, it is the Unnameable. The ultimate abomination. Spawn, attic or upstairs hallway. Aloof hunter cannot be defeated. For each of the following which are true, the Unnameable gets minus one fight and minus one evade. The investigators found a cracked mirror. Yes. Uh, studied a desecrated portrait. Also yes. Or notice the missing bones. 
Also, yes. <laughs> so it's minus three, minus three. Yeah, cracked mirror, desiccated portrait, missing burns. Right, what do we want to do? We definitely... Sorry, I haven't drawn an encounter card yet. Let's pop that down this year. I got overexcited there. I saw a big enemy and was like, ooh, what's this? The thing with no name. You felt an evil presence lurking here ever since you arrived. The entity defies all description. At times it appears formless, at others it embodies myriad shapes and features. You can sometimes pick out a particular aspect. An eye, a horn, a blemish, but it disappears as soon as you focus on it. Each swarm of rats gains swarming one. Forced at the start of your turn, if the name of one is ready and at your location, test two willpower. If you fail, it attacks you, even if it is not engaged. That doesn't worry us too much, because that's not really going to happen unless we, we really fluff this. He's also aloof, so I don't think that's that's the end of the world, really. So, we still want to get the clue of this location, I think, because that takes us to the, the tomb. Hang on, I'm doing exactly what Frank said I should never do, which is try and plan my turn before I've drawn my encounter card. Aha! It's a ghoul minion. This guy goes in the burial mound. That's fine, that's fine. Uh, we'll deal with him in a minute. So, I do need to go to the tomb, but I do think I need to find the key before I go there. And I think it must be in this last room I haven't been to yet. Now, the unnameable is aloof. So actually, I don't have too much to worry about from him. Because all he's going to do is move into my location and force me to take that test. I will, however, have to... I think I've got to do some damage to him at some point. But actually, for Agnes, that's not too difficult. So let's let's investigate this location once again. We can use the pen... We can use a Pendamani test. Must well use it on this test. So, zero. So I say I'm going to pass or fail by zero. Because if I draw minus two, that's... Uh, a minus... Oh, one. Sorry. So I'm testing three intellect on one shroud. It's the Elder Sign. Man, I've drawn... I drew the, the tentacle was the last test I took. But that means I pass by three. <laughs> so no card for me. But I do pass the test, so we will take that. And we will spend... Oh, I've got to lose an action or take a horror. I think I take the horror. And I'm just going to take it on myself this time. I think the actions are going to be what taxes me here rather than horror, to be brutally honest with you. So yeah, we'll, t we'll take the horror, even though that that that's not fun with um, with Agnes's ability. It's a shame the unnameable hadn't moved into our location, really. Uh, we put the unmarked tomb location into play as a result of that. So let's find that, the unmarked tomb. And let's drop him over here. Oops, don't flip it over yet, Peter. Right, and that's connected to the burial ground. It's pretty pretty obvious. Okay, so that's one action. So I've got two, three. Now what's the best way to do this? The easiest way to do some damage to the the thing with no name is just going to be simply to take some horror. And I do have a ward of protection in my hand, so it is tempting to use the ward of protection just on whatever treachery I draw next turn. And that just zaps it automatically. Because I don't have, like, a forbidden knowledge would be perfect right here. But they are not forthcoming. Well, that's me. Cleaver's not going to really cut the mustard. Oh, hang on, what have I got? I do have two scram for supplies. No, that's not going to help either. The Storm of Spirits as well, but I don't want to do, use the Storm of Spirits unless I've got enemies at my location to kill with it. Hmm. Maybe the best thing to 
do is oh, I've got Randolph and play haven't I? So I can't even play my Arcane Initiate and start to dig for the, um, the Spectral Razor. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm just gonna have to rely on. I think Water Protection. I'm, I'm gonna try and Water Protection this. So I'm gonna move, move to the uh, entryway. So that was Investigate, move, move. That was a real bummer taking that. Maybe I should have just waited an extra turn doing some setup, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> don't know what the best play was. I think there is actually another key in the attic, but... Okay, right, fine. I've, I've made my bed now. I'll just line it. So, right, what happens now? What happens now? So that, that that's my three actions. So I did investigate, move, move. And I put I put the unmarked tomb into play. I need the key before I head to the tomb. So we're finishing our turn. We've got just running through at all. Draw a card. Oh, hang on. Before we do that, the big guy's going to move into our location which isn't the end of the world i do need to take a willpower test at the start of my turn yes draw a card and gain a resource so we've got arcane initiate read the signs two scrounge for supplies a ward of protection storm of spirits not without a fight and the heirloom of hyperborea which you just drawn fortunately heirloom you're not going to get much of a look in this turn but that's this game even because i've got two in play so let's stick a Doom on the agenda and we will draw an encounter card. Night Terrors. Put Night Terrors into play in your threat area. That's going to force me to discard a card because I've got Deceptive Memories in my threat area still. So what I think I'm going to do is Ward of Protection this. I'm going to use the Shining Trapezohedron to play Ward of Protection. So that's one... Yeah, it's a one difficulty uh, willpower test and I'm on seven. So I'm going to say I'm going to pass by 7 minus 1 minus 1 is 5. I draw a token, I draw a 0. So I don't pass by the required amount, but I do pass by enough to play Ward of Protection for free, which discards that, deals a horror to me, which deals damage to an enemy at my location, and I'll pop that on the unnameable there, so I don't even have to bother unsheathing my fists. Uh, and then I can. So start my turn, I have to take two difficulty willpower test, or the unnameable is going to attack me. Again, I'm not hugely worried about this because I'm at seven on two draw. It's a minus four, <laughs> but that's still a pass. So that's absolutely fine. Okay, now what do we do here? We still need to deal the damage to the to this big guy. Right, so here's what I'm thinking. I could do the same thing next turn. I could scrounge back the ward of protection. Yeah, sorry, what I'm thinking is if I scrounge back the water protection, I could move into this next location, maybe try and find a clue, and then next turn when I draw the treachery, I play water protection again, zap. I think I need to deal two damage to the enableable, is, is what I'm thinking. I can zap it again with water protection. It's bits of this scenario I do remember, and I'm sure that's what it is. So we're going to move into the downstairs, the other downstairs doorway. That's action one. Flip that. Okay, that's two shroud, one clue on it. Parlour. For each investigator, the parlour gets plus one shroud, so it's got three shroud. Free action. If the enameable has two or more damage on it, the mirror uh, gleams are naturally revealing a glint of silver. Remember that the investigator has recovered a strange key. Yes, this is the location exactly as I remembered it. So we've got to deal another damage to the unnameable. But that's fine. That's absolutely fine. We're just going to let it move into our location, then we'll... So that's... We've had one action. We'll take another action to play Scrounge for Supplies. And then we'll add Water Protection back to our hand. Level 1 card. 
And then maybe we just play read the signs to get this this clue of this location. That's a victory point. I mean, we can always scrounge for supplies to read, for, read the signs back again. So I think I'm going to spend two resources, play read the signs. So I'm investigating uh, with, bloody hell, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> so I'm ten on three. There's a double or nothing when you need one, eh? That's good. Minus one. Pass. So that gets me this clue of this location. Great news. Actually got a clue in my pocket for once. And that's the end of my turn. So, uh, the name I was going to hunt in the, into this location. I'm going to draw a card. That's a mind's eye. Yes, perfect. And I'm going to gain a resource. And they're ready. My trapezohedron and my crystal pendulum. Now, I can't use the trapezohedron to play the mind's eye. Well, actually, I'm not going to do that anyway. But, yeah, because you get more charges on it if you do it that way, basically. So, if it was a spell, what I could do is use the last charge of, of the original mind's eye, use a trapezohedron, take a three difficulty willpower test and put mind's eye number two into play. But it's a ritual, so all of that's irrelevant. So we're just going to discard it on a free window in our turn um, and get the extra charges. In fact, it doesn't even need to be on our turn, just in any free window. Okay, so that's drawn the card, gain the resource. We'll put the doom up to two. So we're on two out of six doom. And we will draw an encounter card. It's an indescribable apparition. Put it into play in your threat area. You get minus one to each of your skills while the unnameable is at your location. Action, action, discard indescribable apparition. And you know what? That's actually pretty nasty in single player, so I think we will ward that. So that, uh, we'll use the Shining Trapezohedron again. We'll draw a card. Sorry, I'll, I'll say we're going to pass by five or whatever it was. So it's a, it's a minus one, and I've drawn a skull. So... Drew the minus one, passed by whatever it was I needed to draw a card. <laughs> okay, so that's an unexpected courage, which is good. And that's dealt horror to me, so I'm down at five, which isn't great, but it has put Dim Dams on the enameable there. So that's all good. Right. Oh, Frank told me to stop saying right. I've just said a really loud right. God damn it. Okay, so we are, we're, we'll trigger the free action on this location. So that means we have recovered a strange key. I think is what we need to do to get through the tomb. So that's three actions I've got. One, two, three. That's three moves, but there is a ghoul minion in the way, um, which we have to deal with somehow. What, what has he got? He's got one and one. First of all, let's use our free action window to drop a mind's eye in the bin, and that puts two more charges on our mind's eye. Cool. Let's see not really got into the groove of the arcane initiate this game which is which is pretty bad i mean the only really i could do move move evade but then i'm gonna evade him again next turn or i could do i can't do move move storm because i haven't got enough cash to pay for it what's in my discard it's just a ward read the signs scrounge i've got another scrounge in my hand is the thing i mean move move evade doesn't mean that next turn i can Hmm. Oh, I just don't know. I just don't know. Maybe this is a turn to take a breather. We, I mean, we've not... Honestly, we're not doing badly. I could get rid of this treachery that's on me and maybe take a resource. So if we do action one, move to the entryway. Honestly, this isn't bad. Choose and discard a card from your hand. It's not the end of the world at all. I'd really rather be moving forwards. It's just I don't see a way past this ghoul minion. Unless I take the take the attack from it and put it both on Randolph. Maybe. 
just to reiterate the, the, the issue I've got, I need to get to the unmarked tomb with the key. But there's a, there's a ghoul minion in the way in the burial ground. I haven't seen many ghouls yet either. Only, uh, I suppose you don't go through the cards very fast at all when you're playing single player, do you? So someone else was here to ask ask some advice. Right, let's let's let, let's get rid of the treachery then. I, 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 I think the two actions here isn't the end of the world. I think I would have rather have been out last turn or, or be one more turn in hand. That would be the ideal if I was really speedrunning this. But let's ugh, ugh, let's click for a credit like a chump. No, you know what? I didn't even need to find that, spend that clue because I could have done it on this location. Never mind. Uh, sorry, I'm muttering to myself. Click for a credit like a chump, as discussed, and then let's spend an action to test three willpower. So I'm seven on three, and I've drawn the elder sign. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> if you're going to be like that. So that discards our deceptive memories. And that's the end of my turn. So we gain a resource, and we draw a card. And I've got ethereal form. Okay, that's 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 fine. That's fine. Don't mind having that at all. Uh, sorry, and then the nimble hunts into my location. So I'm going to need, beginning my turn, to take that willpower test. Okay, up to three doom. And then an encounter card. Ah, uh, cool minion. Okay, that's fine. So he appears in the burial mound as well. Right, beginning my turn, I take a two difficulty willpower test. Drawn, zero. Oh, I didn't use my crystal pendulum. I would have guessed minus one with the pendulum, so I'll just tap that. So that's a pass, that's fine. Well, I think then there's two options. I either ethereal form my way through, so do move, ethereal form, move, or I storm of spirits my way through and do move, storm of spirits, move. The question is which am I more likely to need later on in this scenario? I think it's probably a toss-up, and I still have a scrounge for supplies, so I could take either of them back. I think I would rather keep ethereal form in my hand. So, we'll do move. We will use the trapezohedron, I think, to take a three difficulty, three difficulty willpower check. So I'm still four above here. And I've drawn zero. So that's a pass. So that plays my Storm of Spirits for no cash. And then I take the test for the Storm of Spirits. So that's uh, seven versus two, which is the difficulty on the ghoul minion, on either of the ghoul minions. Let's draw, I've drawn plus one. So that's both ghoul minions dead. And then last action, let's move into the unmarked tomb. Flip it over. Okay. Objective, at the end of the round, if each undefeated investigator is at unmarked tomb and the investigator has recovered a strange key, advance the acts. Well, we, we finished the round first, so the, the, the big guy is going to move into the burial ground. One behind me, too slow. I'm going to ready my cards. I'm going to draw a card and gain a resource. That's a forbidden knowledge. Okay. Where were you when I needed you? Uh, and then end round. So we're going to advance the act here. The tomb opens into a staircase that stretches deep underground before disappearing into darkness. Set the unnameable aside. It keeps all tokens and attachments. Remove each location from the game or place it in the victory display if it has victory X and no clues on it. Investigators are not defeated during this process. Other enemies and attachments at those locations are discarded. Shuffle the set-aside Mysterious Stairs location and put five of them into play in a vertical line. Remove the remaining Mysterious Stairs location from the game. Place each investigator and their set-aside, the unnameable enemy, at the topmost Mysterious Stair location, revealing it. Search the Encounter deck and discard pile for both copies of Locked Door and both copies of Secrets in the Attic and remove them from the game. 
Shuffle each set-aside copy of Endless Descent into the Encounter deck, along with the Encounter discard pile. So, there's a lot to take in there. Let's do this one at a time. So, remove each location from play. Now, unfortunately, I'm on a location, which is Victory 1, uh, but it has a clue on it. So, we're not going to get that. But we get 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 from all the other locations. The Unnameable is coming with us. He still has 2 damage on him, I believe, because he's not healed. Okay, that means the upstairs hallway, uh, the entryway, and the unmarked tomb are all removed from the game. After all that bloody trouble we went to, getting getting the location, uh, it's gone. So we've got 6 mysterious copies of Mysterious Stair here. Put that over. We'll shuffle that. And then we'll pull out 1, 2, 3, face down, face down, 4, 5. Okay, and then the other one has gone. Oh, thank God, the next card was going to be Threads of Reality. I hate that. Right, locked door, there it is. And Secrets in the Attic. Yes, perfect. Okay, and then we shuffle those back in, along with Endless Descent four times. Move each location from the game. Done that. Shuffle the set-aside Mysterious Stairs location. Put five in the vertical line. Done that. Place each investigator and the set aside the unnameable enemy at the topmost mysterious stairs location, revealing it. Done that. Okay, so we're both the topmost stairs location. Search the encounter deck. Done that. And done that. Okay, cool. Right, we're done. Next act says, The steps seem to descend forever. Every time you think you're new in the end, you round another corner and see hundreds more. While the bottommost mysterious location, uh, stairs location is revealed, it gains action resigned. Objective, reach the bottom of the stairs. If each undefeated investigator has resigned, advance. So, we're at the top location. Forced, after you enter this location, lose one action. Well, I don't think that applies to us. Uh, we didn't have any actions to lose. So, fine. Right. So, I, I, I did it again! God damn you, Frank. You made me paranoid about this. Okay, so that's that was the end of the round i drew forbidden knowledge and i went for four resources let's just have a quick look at our hand because uh, it's been a while since i went through this we've got arcane initiate not without a fight scrounge for supplies heirloom of hyperborea unexpected courage ethereal form and forbidden knowledge so a pretty classic agnes hand right there isn't it so we'll give the encounter deck a shuffle we'll start the next turn we're up to four doom of six that's not the end of the world. We'll draw an encounter card. And we've got Ghoul Minion. Hmm. Well, this isn't ideal, but we do have our ethereal form still. And we've got Not Without a Fight, so, you know, an, an evasion isn't out of the... isn't off the cards. Yeah, actually, maybe maybe Not Without the Fight puts us on... Okay, well, let, let's start planning here. Okay, so... What have we got? What are our assets? We've still got our Shining Trapezohedron, our Crystal Pendulum, our Mind's Eye, and Randolph Carter. He's got one horror on him. What I could do here, I feel like saving the Ethereal Form for multiple enemies is probably the better move, because we might draw some more with a higher evade. So, I say we do evade, usually not without a fight, which puts us on five versus two is probably the best the best move so let's do that and we're gonna say we're gonna these aren't grave these are graveyard locations oof so suddenly those skulls have become minus three let's take another quick look in the bag i think minus two is now the most common token 
because we've got 1, 2, 3, 4 minus 2s and 1, 2, 3 minus 3s. I mean, that's worth knowing anyway because the minus 3s minus become a lot more common. So what I say is we're going to pass by 1, which would be drawing the minus 2 token. We've drawn a minus 2 token. What did I tell you? And it's a storm of spirits we've drawn with our crystal pendulum. Well, well, well. Ray bloody purchase. Right, so... Just before I go on, I just I love this bit because it reminds me so much of. There's a few things, a few things it reminds me of. There's a bit of a kind of dark soulsy feel to it. This idea of a staircase descending, spiral staircase especially descending into the into the earth. Let's read the the text on the mysterious stairs because I think it's quite appropriate. So worn and narrow were the steps, and so greasy with the ooze of the inner earth that the climber never quite knew when to expect a breathless fall and hurtling down to the ultimate pits. Beautiful stuff. Uh, actually, I just remembered something I forgot to do, but we'll come back to that in a sec. The other thing it reminds me of is House of Leaves, which is a really good book, and one I think Matt has talked to us about in the past. Both Frank and I read and got massively into for like a period of about three weeks. That's a really, really interesting book, and I can highly recommend getting a copy of that. Don't, under any circumstances, try and get an ebook version of that because you lose 90% of the experience. But it's about a house that starts to, like, grow on the inside. Like, the inside of the house becomes bigger than the outside. And one of the things that happens is this set of stairs, or this kind of labyrinth appears beneath the house, with a seemingly end endless staircase. It's very spooky. Yes, I'd forgotten to do something. What I'd forgotten to do is take the unnameable test. So we'll do that just now. We'd want a zero. Man, I tell you what. Being Agnes and having a high willpower has saved me so much trouble in both of these scenarios. High willpower has been really, really good. So yes, I can highly recommend that in this campaign. And that was the beginning of my turn. First action was evade the Gold Million, which we've done. And then we're going to move one down to the next Mysterious Steps. Okay. Mysterious Steps is connected. Yes, yes, we know that. As an additional cost for you to move or resign at this location, you must discard one or more cards from your hand with at least two instances of the same skill icon amongst them. So this means... Okay, well, we can manage that, actually. Heirloom of Iboria has got a wild icon, and then two other icons. That's two matching icons. So let's just do that, we'll, and we'll take another move action. So discard the heirloom, we'll move down to the next steps. While there is a ready enemy at this location, investigators at this location cannot move or resign. When this location is revealed... Oh, dear. Search the encounter deck and discard pile for a ghoul enemy and spawn it at this location. Shuffle the encounter deck. That's not good. That's not good. But I think what we'll do is grab another ravenous ghoul. Sorry, uh, uh, grab a ghoul minion. Just a couple of cards down. So he lands in our, in our threat area. Um, not good because it's our last action. Which means we're about to get smacked by him. Right. So I'm going to need to evade him next turn anyway. Enemy phase, the, the, the Nimble is going to move down one set of steps. The top ghoul minion is going to ready. Uh, that's not the end of the world. Uh, okay, well, I mean, he hits me. Um, so I think I'm going to stick the damage and the horror both on Randolph. Because I think what I'm going to do is try and evade the ghoul minion next turn. I mean, I could storm the spirits it. I could take a horror somehow. But if I take the horror, that that deals the damage to it, and then I can just... Oh, you know what I could do? Okay, so what I could do, if I take a if I take a horror on me, let's do that. That puts me on four horror, and then that deals one damage to the ghoul minion. 
Uh, and then I can just use Mind's Eye and punch it next turn, and that deals the other damage to it. So I don't have to worry about it then. Maybe that's the most efficient use of my resources. Okay, we'll do that. So Randolph's got one horror and one damage on him. I'm on six health and four sanity. It's not the end of the war. So we gain a resource and we draw a card, and it's another Forbidden Knowledge. Okay, so Doom, which puts us on five Doom. I think I've missed one there. And then Encounter Card. So we've got... Ooh, Night Terrors. Okay. Put Night Terrors into play in your threat area. After you fail a skill test, reveal the top three cards of your deck. Draw each weakness revealed this way and remove the other cards from the game. That's not great because we don't have... We've got about half our deck left and we haven't seen either weakness. Uh, if Night Terrors is in your threat area, test four willpowers as an action. After this test ends, discard Night Terrors, even if you fail. I think we just don't worry about that at the moment, to be honest with you. So, action one, we can't get out of this location while there is a ready enemy here anyway. So, what we're going to do is punch him and use our mind's eye. So, we're just going to open our third eye, clench our fist, and just poof, right in the face. This big ghoul boy. Uh, and then I'm going to use my crystal pendulum, and I think I'm going to pass by... I'm going to draw the minus two, which puts me on so five, six, seven versus two... So be passing by five, so pass by three. <laughs> God, there's so much maths. Oh no, I've drawn the technical. <laughs> That's not good. So that means I discard the top three cards of my deck, which are a Fearless, a Meat Cleaver, and a Mind's Eye. Are they removed from the game, does it say? Yes. Ugh, that's not good. Ugh, ugh, that's horrible. Horrible. But I think we just, pre I mean, at least it wasn't. That. At least it wasn't a bloody, a bloody weakness there. So that would have been a nightmare. Right, then we'll, we're going to punch again. Uh, you saw using mind's eye, which is a pass. Perfect. So he's dead. Screw that guy. Sorry, uh, I drew... Oh god, what did I draw there? It was definitely a pass. Sorry, I didn't read out what the token was. Glyn, uh, on Glyn's series, Dumb Luck, he gives himself a penalty every time he forgets to read out what the token was. I'm not that harsh on myself, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. But trust me, it was a pass. It was, I think it was a number, because any number would have passed passed that test. Right, so I've got an action left, but luckily that guy's gone. So I can move out this location down to here. And what have we got? When this location is revealed, move the unnameable to it. While your unnameable is at this location and has fewer than one damage on it, investigators at, investigators at this location cannot move or resign. Well, that's fine, because he's got two damage on him. He's had that all along. Does mean I need to take a wee intellect test at the beginning of the next turn, but we can we can cope with that. So that's three actions. So I did fail punch, actual punch, and uh, move. Good, good. Uh, enable doesn't do anything at the moment. We are going to flip that thing over next turn. Flip the over next turn, but we're drawing a card. Oh, it's a quantum flux. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's the best time to draw a quantum flux. So in a, just to, to run through a hand again, it's been a while, we've got the Arcane Initiate, Scrounge for Supplies, Unexpected Courage, Courage, Ethereal Form, Forbidden Knowledge, Storm of Spirits, Forbidden another Forbidden Knowledge, let's put those together, and the brand new Quantum Flux, which I think I might play next turn just to pad this deck back out. Everything's readied, enemies have all moved, beginning of the next turn, and we're up to six Doom. Let's flip this guy over. Time is running short. 
The entity, which before had seemed content to loom and observe you from afar, now swells with power and pursues you with relentless ferocity. It writhes and thrashes seemingly everywhere at once. You have to hurry and confront your fears or you will never find your way into the dreamlands. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Yeah, I thought this might happen. There was a vortex of withering ice-cold wind and then the rattle of loose bricks and plaster, but I had mercifully fainted before I could learn what it meant. Each swarm of rats gains swarming two. God, I haven't drawn a single one for the whole game. The unnameable loses aloof and gains massive. Uh, at the start of your turn, if the unnameable is, at your, is ready and at your location, test uh, two willpower. If you fail, it attacks you. So, Big Lad is now engaged with us. This just got real. This is huge, people. I think this isn't the end of the world, to be honest with you. We do need an encounter card, though. Grasping hands. Hmm, not ideal. We've only got three agility. I think unexpected courage goes into this test. So that puts me on five on three. After on the plus one, I would have been fine. It's always the way, isn't it? Never mind. I think I do evade quantum flux move here. And then I can worry about resigning next turn. Although, am I really too worried about any of my my weaknesses at this point? Oh, sorry, I didn't check. Is seven doom? Ah, oh, seven doom. That's loads. That's... Oh, I didn't take that. I didn't take the willpower test for it attacking me. Let's do that now. So that's seven on two. It's minus two. Let's pass. Yeah, I'm not too worried. I don't think this is the end of the world at all. I think, yeah, we will use the shining trapezohedron and play ethereal form to evade the unnameable. So, what is this? Yeah, okay, so I can move from this while the naval is at this location and has fewer than one damage on it. It has more than one damage on it, so we're fine. So I'm going to use an ethereal form. Uh, I'm going to use my shining... I'm not going to get greedy. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to pay two resources for it. And that adds... So this is an evade, and I add my willpower value to my evades. That puts me on ten versus two for the uh, evade on the unnameable. And I'll use my crystal pendulum and say I'm going to pass by... And ten minus two minus two is six, and it's the the elder thing. So I can draw two cards of Randolph Carter with his reaction, but I don't think I want to. I'm just going to take the minus two. Why did I use? Why did I use the crystal pendulum? That was stupid, wasn't it? I've already used it, so I've got to draw a card. Oh well, so I'm drawing one card. Oh, it's a water protection. Thank God for that. Both my cards are in the bottom third-ish of my deck. So that, that worked out pretty well. Anyway, I've evaded I've evaded the unnameable. I'm going to play Quantum Flux now. Quantum Flux is removed from the game. Now, last time I did this, I was stressing about this for the whole game. And then the first card I drew when I, after a Quantum Flux was Dark Memory. So let's see if I manage to repeat that. No, it's a scrounge for supplies. Ironically, ironically for another reason. I had to have no cards in my discard now. I think maybe what I should have done is, if I was going to scrounge, I should have scrounged before I flipped my deck. But... That's fine, that's fine. I think we're doing good. We'll move down to this bottom location. Mysterious Stairs is connected to the locations above and below it. Forced, when this location is revealed, place uh, one resource on it. While there are no, while there are resources on this location, investigators at this location cannot move or resign. Action, test your lowest skill, difficulty two. If successful, discard one resource from this location. Now, from my understanding, I can just use the mind's eye here. So I'll test combat, but then use Mind's Eye to test... I use Mind's Eye to test my willpower instead, which is one of the reasons that I 
Frank and I decided this was a kind of a, a good a good setup for this scenario. Right, and that's the end of my turn. I did evade quantum flux move. So we draw another card and we gain a resource. And that's another crystal pendulum, which is which is nice. Okay, doom on the agenda. And we'll draw an encounter card. And we've got oof, threads of reality. Attached to the non-permanent, non-weakness asset you control with the highest printed cost. Otherwise, Threads of Reality gains Surge. Treats attached asset F as if its printed text box were blank, except for traits and forced abilities. Action, discard an asset you control, discard Threads of Reality. So this is going to go on uh, Randolph Carter. Now, I could Ward of Protection this, because he is doing us a bit of a favour at the moment boosting our willpower which is nice but if i'm taking this test off mind's eye i don't necessarily need it let's do it then let's stick him on thread um threads on randolph carter okay so that's first action for me a nameable sorry the nameable readied in the last upkeep phase the nameable hasn't hunted to my location so we're happy about that and then i guess we just blast in and take this test right i do have some backups if if things go wrong, I've got some icons I could commit. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, I won't go into it just now, so we don't need to worry too much about that. So let, let's use the mind's eye, and we'll, we're testing combat, but using mind's eye to test willpower. Difficulty two, uh, but I'm at six because of Randolph Carter's taken a, taken a threads of reality, and I'm going to use the pendulum to name. So I could fail this if I draw the auto fail. So I'm going to say we will fail by two, which would be my skill my skill value if I draw the auto-fail. So that will draw me a card if I fail this test and maybe help dig my way out of this the problem I'll be in, the situation I'll be in then, because that's my this is my last Mind's Eye charge. Draw a token. We've drawn the other thing. That's fine. That's a minus two. I don't think there's any other complications there. No. Could draw two tokens with um, with a man, but uh, let's not bother. Yeah, so that's, that's done. Uh, so that's taken the resource off the location. And then I will spend an action to resign. I think that flips over this this year. The forlorn cries of the unnameable creature, whatever it is or once was, echo throughout the unnatural cavern from far above you. It cannot reach us down here, Randolph says, letting out a sigh of relief. He said a huge sigh of relief. Uh, it was a harrowing descent, but you are finally safe from the indescribable thing. Even so, your safety is fleeting. The stairways coil below you with no end in sight. Windows in the spire's stone wall outlook an endless landscape of rocky crags and barren peaks, dimly lit by a grey phosphorus light. You are still many miles above the floor of this subterranean world, and who knows what horrors you will find once you arrive. This is only the beginning, Randolph warns you. There is no turning back now. Are you ready to proceed? Go to R1. Right. This place... Oh, I did it again. I did it again. Is it right? This place is nothing like the mystical forests, charming medieval villages, and majestic panoramas of which Virgil Grey wrote in his stories. No, far from it. This cold, bleak gulf eats away your hope and replaces it with a feeling of empty, meaningless dread. You ask Randolph if this is the way to your comatose companions. You almost hope that you are travelling in the wrong direction so you can leave this awful place behind. I do not know, he replies, peering out one of the windows along the stairway. We have travelled beyond the waking world, but this is the lower plane of the dreamlands, known as the underworld. It is an inhospitable place. Many of the creatures we have seen crossing over into our world come from this region. Perhaps our key knew that this was our true destination. Your guide examines the arcane key you found in the abandoned house. 
running his fingers over its arabesques as though recalling its shape, its weight, its texture. His eyes water at the depth of his loss. You offered to hold the key for him, which yanks him from his private thoughts. Ah, yes, perhaps that would be for the best, he says, handing the delicate artifact to you. It is surprisingly heavy for something that, according to Randolph, is not real. With Randolph and the silver key in tow, you continue your descent anew. The underworld may or may not be where your companions are, but if the creatures invading the world of the Waking are indeed from this place, then perhaps here you can find answers. In your campaign log, record Randolph survived the descent. Record the investigators possessed the silver key. I can add that to my deck. We earn five victory points. It's not that many. Your body now walks within the slumbering dreamlands. Add one skull token to the chaos bag for the remainder of the campaign. And then we do our our interlude, which we will come to. Okay, so I, you know what? I, I gen- genuinely think I got kind of lucky there again. I don't think I had a rough ride there at all. But I really think having a high willpower is doing a lot of work. Let's take a quick look in the deck. There's a glimpse of the underworld, which we didn't draw. I don't feel too bad about that because we drew it so many times in the last game. We drew an indescribable apparition, which is really nasty, but we did ward that. Endless descent. Move each investigator and animate the topmost location to the location below it. Flip the topmost location to its unrevealed side and discard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty rough. I was gl- I was lucky not to get that. I didn't get any of the glowing eyes, but I don't think that's a huge issue. I think mainly not drawing... I didn't draw too many enemies during the scenario. I didn't draw the Lumbering Gug, which is, which is a, a real boon, because he's an absolute monster. He's not too bad to evade, uh, and I had my ethereal form in my hand the whole game. You know what? I think, like, all of the tests on the cards, except for Grasping Hands, both times Grasping Hands came up, I had an unexpected courage ready. Every single other test is a willpower test, and using Mind's Eye, getting Mind's Eye in my opening hand... I took the only tests that I didn't... Yikes. Yeah. So th- so thinking back, the only tests I didn't take that were... Let, let, me, let me sort my brain out. <laughs> the only non-willpower tests I took were like... God, did I take any? Oh yeah, I took two intellect tests once I got Randolph in play for investigates. And then those two grasping hand tests. Literally every other test was a willpower test. And when you've got seven... Six from the first turn, seven from a couple of turns after that. In your in that stat, you're testing every single thing on. It's like the only thing that was failing me was the with the tentacles. Man, that's bonkers when I lay it out like that. If I'm missing a card that I've taken a test on, let me know. But that seems about right to me. Those five locations I got clues off. I used a combination of mind's eye and read the signs. I used two read the signs and then three mind's eye charges. No, I didn't, because one of them I used my intellect on. So it was two mind's eye charges, two read the signs, and then I used Randolph and managed to draw minus two because I was two over, and the shroud was only one. And really, I don't think any of the, the stairs locations were too bad, unless I've made a big mistake in how any of them have worked. I kept on thinking I'd read this one about discard one or more cards from your hand with at least two instances of the same skill icon among them. But no, I'm, I'm sure that's right. I'm sure wild counts as any. The, those kind of those kind of cards. It's like the Essex County Express cards. Yeah, and that, you know the unnameable. If, if you've got high willpower, the unnameable is very little of a threat. I even think I could have been a bit more focused and not worried so much about the side quests there. Though they were getting me victory points, I suppose. Nothing else to spend your clues on, is there? Could have got the attic for an extra VP, I guess. Yeah, 
No, I'm I'm really happy with that actually. I think I I didn't more enemies in the first half might have been a bit more rough for me because it was a while. I did get my storm spirits eventually, which is really nice against the swarming swarms of rats, swarming swarming rats. It took me a while to get the forbidden knowledge, so maybe I want to look at just some other ways of triggering a little bit of horror on demand. Although my horror was getting a bit thinner later in the game, so could look to to um, upgrade those fearless. However, I do get the option of getting the silver key. And I believe silver key. And when you take horror, exhaust the silver key, cancel one of that horror. And even better, I mean, it's an accessory, but it's a willpower and two wild icons, which is so good in my deck. Yeah, so is that five? Ex- only five XP? A measly five experience. Man, it's not good at all. Uh, I think I only missed like two as well, so... But 5 XP, I think a second Relic Hunter. If I take the Silver Key, I think a second Relic Hunter is really good. And then upgrade a Fearless. Two Relic Hunters means I could get like Pendulum Pendulum Trapezohedron or Pendulum Heirloom Trapezohedron. I think it's just so flexible. And with a Silver Key in there as well. That seems really good. Well, I guess that's it. As I say, pretty happy with how that went. Very happy with how that went. Uh, I think the encounter deck was relatively kind to me, but just getting the mind's eye early it was, you know, helped me unbelievably. I almost think in this deck it's worth a really hard mulligan to see the mind's eye. You've got three in your deck, so I can't I can't do the maths in my head. But I think you've got a pretty high if if you do a hard mulligan, a really hard mulligan for mind's eye, I think you're seeing ten cards then. And when there's three in your deck, you've got a pretty good chance of seeing it. If not, it should be relatively high in your deck. Yeah, it's like six cents and old keyring rolled into one. With a second crystal pendulum as well. Sorry, I'm I'm skipping around a bit here. Second crystal pendulum means I can do some, I can do some hedge my bets with passing tests, or even go all in and try and draw multiple cards from each test. I actually sort of tempted by the heirloom of Ivory. Then it would have drawn me quite a few cards. And my resources were looking pretty okay. The trapezohedron, you know, I even paid for an ethereal form and still finished on three resources. Well, all stuff to think about, talk to Frank about. We should do another cast in the interludes at some point soon. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, You can catch us in the usual places. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Drawn to the Flame podcast on Twitter, Drawn to the Flame on Facebook. I'm Unitled everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. So... Say hello, and can't wait to play the next scenario. Speak to you all soon. Bye. Man, mine's eye so good. So good. Unbelievably good.